Welcome back to the Pivot Podcast. Pivot Podcast Day. This episode we're going to cover today, season two, episode twelve, halfway through the season. Whoop, whoop. We got to do. Uh, we got to do our statistics on who's best friend in front of me leading <gasps> so far. Oh, halfway. We got to do it. Yeah. Next oh, time. Okay. Okay. So this is the one after the Super Bowl, part one. Yes. Title has nothing to do with the actual show. I thought about that. I was like, <laughs> wait a second. Like there is like they don't watch the Super Bowl. They don't talk about the Super Bowl. The, it, the title is literally based on the fact that this was aired right, right after, after the, the Super Bowl. Bowl. It was Dallas Dallas Cowboys v. Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's why they named it. Who won? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know and I don't care. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Tiana got a furious text. Not furious, but like a very like excited text from me today. Like Stuff is happening that we care about. Yes. If you don't care about Vanderpump Rules, skip ahead. Please. You have full, just skip ahead. No judgment. But now and I have to get some stuff off our chest because we yes. haven't seen each other since this morning. Yeah. We're <laughs> pretty much. We don't live together. Yeah. So, so have to chat. if you guys are part of the Bravo, the Bravo verse, if you will, you kind of know the real housewives. They all kind of have their own things if they're not part of the show anymore. So Bethany Frankel is one of the OG real housewives of New York cast members. I actually really like her. Me too. I can't watch her for very long. She's just, she's a lot of energy. Um, but I like her. I think that she's, I could, I could, she could be on my TV every day and I would watch her. I, she's a small doses mm-hmm. person for me. I watched this video. She's polarizing. She, she, yeah. And she is very opinion. I mean, all of them are very opinionated. You kind of have to be when you're being filmed. Right. But so she has her own podcast, just be with Bethany and just background on Bethany. She came from nothing. She Mm -hmm. was very, has many successful ventures. She created skinny girl cocktail. Like she's a very, very smart businesswoman. I think a little chaotic of a businesswoman, but she's, um, I think that's why she's successful though, is because she she has the energy to really put into all the businesses that she she, does. She sees opportunities and she's like, she's not fucking, she's smart. Oh yeah. No, she doesn't fuck around. Like when she does something, she does something a hundred percent. And I, I totally like respect her for that. Mm -hmm. I think that her energy is just a lot for me. So it's just like, I can only listen to so much of her. It's chaotic. I need a little bit of a break and then I'll come back. Yeah. So Bethany has recently been in the media a lot about talking about reality stars. And I fully agree with her on this one about kind of, compensation and things because people who are on reality TV are signing their life away and they really don't get compensated for it. She's calling it the reality reckoning. Thank you. And it it all happened actually because of the SAG stuff, how Mm -hmm. the writers and the actors are going on strike because their industry is at risk. Streaming has ruined the industry. People are not being compensated. AI is a huge issue. Yep. And so Bethany, I think being the smart woman she is, she's like, you know what? It doesn't just stop at scripted reality TV fits into this. So that's her whole thing of, of reality reckoning is these people are on for a season to 10 seasons, whatever, but these shows air for years and years and years and years, but they don't see any compensation. They don't get any royalties. They don't get anything for the shows airing after they're gone. They don't get anything extra for the scandals that they're, you know, obviously incentivized for bad behavior, right? Like it makes the show more popular. So Bethany's right. seeing this and is like, these people need to be compensated and like the contracts that they enter into are so poorly structured for the reality TV person. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about who's going into reality TV, they just want to be on TV and historically oh, yeah. it's helped them 
launch other business ventures because they get a name, they get a following, they get, and then they can go do what they actually want to do. But those business ventures become their only way of earning money because the mm-hmm. reality portion, they get nothing from it, mm-hmm. and it, it, which is bullshit. I mean, they're putting, and yeah, they sign up for it and everything like that, but they're putting their lives out there for people to judge and dealing with a lot of backlash. And then you get no compensation for that. That's just crap. I think some people have a really hard time with the reality aspect of just like these people are such characters and some people Mm. have a really hard time finding empathy for them or feeling bad for them, which I think is a really cynical way to, to look at things, right? Everything is a business. Everybody should be compensated for their time. Oh yeah. So I don't think reality stars are an exception. It's not mm-hmm. a, oh, poor reality star. It's it's a, you know what? These contracts are not fair and they should, they should be compensated appropriately. Oh, absolutely. So the whole reason we're talking about this is Bethany Frankel just released an episode today um, with Rachel Raquel Levis. And so- if, Ra- Rachel Levis. Rachel, Rachel Levis. Formerly yeah. known as Formerly Raquel known Levis. as Raquel Levis. So- if you watch Vanderpump Rules or the Bravo verse, you know that she was on Vanderpump Rules, part of a very big scandal with an affair with Ariana and Tom Sandoval. Um, so she goes on and talks, and there's only part one released today. Part two comes out next week. Natalie texted me this morning. Is like, you have to listen to this, and I'm like, I'm already listening. Already to listening it. to it. <laughs> it's like, great, we're talking about it tonight on the pod. So. What are your thoughts about the interview? Because I don't think we can necessarily go into, like, I don't want to go into detail of, like, the scandal itself. Like, go educate yourself if you don't know. If you don't care, that's fine. But, like, what do you think of the interview? I think that that's the thing is, like, that needs to die. Like, it Mm -hmm. needs to to die so hard. I was really impressed with the interview. I have to say, like. Really? The only thing, the only thing I didn't like, one thing that Bethany said that just kind of sat wrong with me was, she's asking Rachel about kind of her relationship with Ariana and like, because I think a lot of things are contrived to make it seem like all these people are super close. And yeah, some of them do develop relationships. That was Bethany's point. Right. Is this, this is all contrived relationships that you didn't really have until you started on the show. And then it's not like she was actually your best friend before the show, that kind of thing. But um, one thing she said that I didn't really like was she said, well, it was her boyfriend, so it wasn't like they were married or they had kids. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was in poor taste a little bit because just because somebody is not legally married or has children does not mean that the hurt is not there. And I think I heard a thing in Rachel's voice of just like, well, and I think she just like pivoted to something else. That was the only bit of it that I was like, eh, it's eh. very, it's very dismissive a little bit. But otherwise, I thought that Rachel really held herself well. I loved her explanation about her mindset. I thought that she seemed like she had really taken time to do a lot of actual work. Like the stuff that she was talking about, it was like, these are terms that she had to have learned by going through this. This isn't just bullshit. She Mm -hmm. got off the internet. Like this is stuff that she actually experienced. So Mm -hmm. I was very impressed. And I think that she seems healthier. And Mm -hmm. I like that. She said, I'm not a victim even though I think she is mm-hmm. I, to an extent it's um, yeah. Continue. I don't want to no. interrupt you. No, no, no. That's it. You have the floor. Um, I think we had very different exp- uh, 
experiences with this interview. Interesting. Well, I mean, naturally, we always do. I know. Yeah, but I went in with a very different expectation and I came out with a very different experience, I think. Well, same. I I went in with a, a very high expectation of finally, like, and we're calling her Rachel not out of being derogatory like she Mm -hmm. has said that's the name that she wants to go by i think it is kind of lame but people be like oh rachel instead of raquel like she changed her name she wanted to be called something else it's not a big deal it's in hollywood listen to the podcast whatever she she explains all of it yeah so i go in in thinking that rachel was going to really give something and that we would really learn some new things and really hear about her and 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 her progress and i came away very disappointed feeling that it was quite a nothing burger. Like Mm. there was my first issue is that Bethany Frankel does not watch the show. And when Bethany Frankel said that, and I I was like, I should have like, she doesn't know. She has not watched the show. She watched three reunion episodes, which if I'm a viewer and I'm watching three reunion episodes and granted seeing the way that the, the, the cast went in on Rachel Sandoval. I don't really feel bad, but no. they, they did go on it getting on really hard on Rachel. And I think mm-hmm. part of that has to do with it being so close to when the news was released, the oh, re- totally. affair was revealed. They went in really hard. So the fact that Bethany has not watched the show is a huge issue. And I will die on the hill that and Beth, Bethany said that this show, everybody cheats, everybody has scandals, everybody, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. I will die on the hill that, this situation is not the same. I agree with that a hundred percent. It is not Jax Taylor having a relationship with Stassi Schroeder and sleeping with Kristen, sleeping with Kristen and Faith, and you know all of this stuff when you're in your mid twenties and you're fucking around and you're you're doing stupid shit, right? This is way different because this is a long term relationship. Yeah. They were together for over a decade. And these are people that kind of brought you into their lives. This is very different. This is not oh they were new. They no. It's it's the power dynamics are very different. You know mm-hmm. the longevity of it, how long it lasted, the the betrayal and the the length of time that they had to go through lying. I will die on this hill that this situation is not equal to the rest of the scandals on the show. And Bethany no. tried to equate that, which Bethany doesn't watch the show, and so Bethany not watching the show is not able to hold Rachel accountable. And I I was left wanting more accountability from Rachel and I was left wanting more remorse. Like, I think this is a smart move by, by Bethany and Rachel. Like Mm -hmm. Sandoval did his first interview with someone that didn't watch the show. Oh, I didn't know that. Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel has no fucking idea. He has no clue. And Rachel did. And Rachel's people reached out to Bethany. I think I think that Rachel does see herself as a victim and her people are capitalizing on the fact that Bethany is writing this thesis on the reality reckoning and here's her perfect case study because, because it is true. Everyone has been explaining the situation that I agree with. I agree with that. You know, I did see stuff that Rachel was saying she made as much as Bethany's intern, but I think Bravo has said like she made like 350,000. So there's some disparity there on Mm -hmm. what the truth is, but I really wish that, Bethany doesn't have the same scope. What I thought was interesting was that she said that there was some disparities of like, she and Ariana are not best friends. 
and did not hang out off camera, which I think is totally fine. Yeah. But I think she was using that as like, well, we weren't best friends. So really the response that I got, like, yes, it was made so much worse because people said they were best friends, but she was kind of using that as an excuse of like, well, it's not really that bad. And and then she always was talking about how Tom had said that Ariana's relationship was just a business deal. And so, yes, you know, they haven't been, she said they haven't been an authentic couple, but I don't think that's her place to say either. Right. Especially because if she wasn't close to Ariana, she doesn't how know, would she know. How would she know? Right? right. So she's still using Tom as her source of truth, which we know he's a liar. Mm-hmm. She's saying that the relationship wasn't serious, but then in the interview, she understands how Ariana would never speak to her or forgive her again. So which is it? So here's what I took from that. Cause I took it a different way because the way that she said it, I took it as what she understood in those moments was that, their relationship was a business relationship. Now having hindsight, obviously she knows that that's not the case. I don't think she does. I don't think, I think this interview she's saying, everyone thought that everyone knows that. And when they were talking about their living situation, that's this, I don't think she believes that their relationship was just a business deal. I think that she or I think she, she she did think that, and I think she still thinks that. You think she still thinks well, that? Well, because she's like, it's painful to think I hurt her in this way. She hasn't reached out to Ariana. So that's where I'm like, where's the accountability? Where is the remorse? She's talking about, and she's using all these therapi- therapist terms and all this stuff. But it's just, I just don't see the growth. I like When I saw Chris, Kristen Doty, who went through a very similar situation, like mm. with the Jackson... Stassi and Vidal and like she really had some growth she owned her shit this to me felt still like a very young person understanding why she made some decisions but still not really owning it and now she's having Bethany take her under her wing and being like oh thank god like she's gonna take me and like I'm probably not gonna look as bad which like one aspect yes her situation was exploited but on the other aspect it's like take own your shit she's still not doing that i feel like she did though because she was like i needed to understand why i made these decisions like these decisions were damaging and she's not as i think where i always got frustrated with her especially but the focus is still on her she's still thinking about me, me, me. Why do I make these like, why do I do this? And I think that's important to understand, but she's not like, like in Alcoholics Anonymous, Mm -hmm. go, go talk to the people that you have wronged in life. She has not talked to Ariana. Yeah. But that's a step. That's, that's like the eighth step. When you're going through like a program like that, you have to really understand why you make your decisions ahead of time. Because if you can't understand the root of these issues, you can't make amends. So I think that she is on that path. And so that's why I'm like, I think that she really is taking all of this into account. And honestly, like, why would she sit there and make this big? She did make a big public statement. Yeah, I know we can go either way on that one. I thought it was well written, but again, it can be looked at as PR. But at the other why would she make it about Ariana? Because what is that going to look like for her? You know, this is her opportunity to give her side of the story and, and about what was going on in, in her head. So I'm really mm-hmm. interested to see what the second half of this is, because I think mm-hmm. that that will determine my overall thoughts on it. But I do think she is on the right path. She's, she's young. I mean, 
she is 28, but I think she's a very young 28. And mm-hmm. I didn't even think about this. Bethany brought up the fact that she was 21 when she started on the show, when she started dating James. And she said, so you have only had relationships in the public eye since you've been 21. And I was like, holy shit, like that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was something bright and shiny. She got really attracted to it and she's learning. I don't think that she's right there yet. I don't think she's grown enough. I think that she's gaining her maturity, but I came away with like, all right, she's not as dumb as I thought. I still don't. I I don't think she's dumb. Mm -mm. I think she still doesn't want to own it. She's owning the piece of like why she chooses bad partners, Mm -hmm. but why hurt people? She like, she basically discounted Mm -hmm. what she did saying that, well, it's not that big of a deal because Tom and Ariana weren't that close. Ariana and I weren't best friends. She's still discounting the hurt that she caused. And that Uh. I have a huge issue. And that's why I'm like, this is a nothing burger. We have learned nothing other. I mean, we knew she was the fact that she's not coming back to the show. I do respect because I don't think that that's the right place for her. No, I don't think that she's in a place to do it. So I think that was really smart, but I, but I hear what you're saying. She's like almost distancing herself from the crime a little bit yes. to try to negate some responsibility. Yes. And I think that that's like probably her way of like emotionally protecting herself, but it's coming off as like, I'm not responsible it, that's exactly how it's, it's coming off. But it's not like she's not doing it so explicitly. It's just it's coming off very passively. So I hope I mean, I think you're right. I think that there are, would it would be great if she like had a very direct definitive statement of like. I was wrong. I hurt. That was not OK. And. Those are my actions and I'm responsible. She needs to reach out to Ariana. She Probably. needs to. And who knows, maybe she has and they're keeping it on the down low. I don't, I don't think know. she has. Because when they were talked about, like, do you think Ariana would ever forgive you? Like, in some aspects, she says no, because I think she knows how big of a deal it is. And then the other aspect, she's discounting it. It it just, I think it was the wrong interviewer. Wrong person. I, I agree. I mean, I, I really love Bethany, but like the fact, like you made that point is like the fact that she doesn't watch the show. It's like, well, um... Maybe you should have <laughs> before this interview. Like the rest of America watched 10 seasons. I mean, yeah. It's, just watch the last season. It was really, it was just like, okay. I I feel it was just kind of like, a nut, like I said, a nothing burger. Just like, well, okay, you're, you've got some personal growth, but eh. I came away a little bit more hopeful. I was going in very cynical. I was like, all right. I was going in so hopeful. I was like, oh my so God, funny. I really hope, I think, I think we're really going to get a different Raquel. And I did not see that big of a difference. Oh, that's so funny. Cause I feel like I did. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. All right. I love how we like completely flip the script on that. Cause that's like the opposite of what we usually do. It's hilarious. Like I just <laughs> didn't see the growth. I, yeah. I think part two is going to say everything. I'm worried. Part two is going to be more about how they mean they were to her at the reunion, which like, yeah, that's an aspect of it. And I do think that they were pretty vicious. I think I'm I mean, worried that that's all it's going to be. And I think that she'll probably say that she and Tom are not no longer together. But I think, I, I think, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to reserve judgment until I hear it next week. But it, it is interesting. It's like Tom's taking advantage of a young girl. This young girl is getting her fix with love addiction. Yeah. Which was a really good narrative on her part to really explain 
why for her that's such a big deal. I think she should explain and she should mm-hmm. do she should you know, it's 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 everyone else has spoken. She should get her turn. I just don't think that it's giving anything. It's giving nothing. It's giving samesies vibes. It's giving nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> God, I love Whitney. If you guys don't watch Love Island, <laughs> say it, always it again. Back to Love Island. Always comes back to Love Island. But all right. Well, we've spent a we'll dec- check in. We've spent a decent amount of time on Vanderpump Rules and um, Rachel Levis today. Highly recommend go listen to the first part of that podcast. Honestly, um, I don't think I don't recommend it. It's not worth the time. Well, I say <laughs> go listen to it and then give us your take. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I would love to hear if somebody else takes something else from it that maybe we didn't pick up on or mm-hmm. maybe a dip- different perspective, you know. So mm-hmm. and if you do, feel free to email us at don't take my wind at gmail.com. All right. The one after the Super Bowl part one. Yes. We've got the no, just one Jeff writer, Jeff Astroff, Mike Sickwitz, and Michael Borko. Yes, they separated the Jeffs. <laughs> Maybe they're like kids in school. I know. We've got Michael Lambeck as a director, mm-hmm. and it aired January twenty eighth, nineteen ninety six. After the Super Bowl, doesn't that seem kind of? Oh no, I guess it depends on how, where the Super Bowl falls. Oh no, they've added extra games, huh? They added extra games. Oh, just recently, like within the last few years. They had they like added. two weeks, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why I'm like, this seems early for the Super Bowl, but. I know. Cause I always alas. think, oh, it's in February. And then, oh, that's right. Yeah. Got to make more NFL money. Ugh. I could go on. Okay. Episode recap. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about Ross. Mm-hmm. Ross sees a, a beer commercial because it's the Super Bowl. I'm, I, I can only assume that this was like a sponsor of the Super Bowl. I don't think this is a real thing. You don't think? No, I think so it was made up. The commercial has a monkey in it who looks like a who looks like Marcel. Missed opportunity there. What missed product placement? That's true, but I wonder if they couldn't get it. Mm. I also think that maybe this was like a nod to like the Budweiser commercials. Remember that with the frog? Oh yeah, what's that? Yeah. Oh when? my god, that needs to die. Oh I never want to hear that come back. I loved those oh commercials. My God. I, that does not need to come back, but I thought the commercials were hilarious. It was funny in the moment and the moment has passed. Yeah, that's true. So Ross sees the monkey. He goes back to LA to visit the zoo where he dropped him off or donated him to. But when he gets there, he learns that there was a break in a few months back and Marcel was taken and now has a new career in the entertainment field. Oh my gosh. This whole thing in the zoo is hilarious. Like, the whole like janitor talking to Ross, breaking down where Marcel is. Meet me in the nocturnal that guy exhibit. was so creepy. Oh, I loved it. I thought he was so funny. Was so creepy. Um, I don't like hanging out with men like that. <laughs> Zoo dollars? Zoo dollars. So Ross goes back to New York. He figures out that the monkey from the beer commercial that he saw is going to be, is Marcel. And he's going to figure out where he is. Yes. So Marcel's making the big bucks. He finds out Marcel is in New York actually shooting a movie and they all go visit him on set. Oh, I thought this was funny. Like Joey's like, what? Like years. I finally get a role on a soap opera and the monkey's making movies. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Poor Joey. So when they see him, Ross, like they can't get his attention, but then Ross starts to sing the favorite song in the jungle, which I thought was really cute. So cute. The rest of the friends join in and they get Marcel's attention. He goes to Ross and he's so happy. That's so cute. I love Joey's singing here. Oh my gosh. I was like, Joey Tree, uh, Matt LeBlanc is a good singer. I know. And it was kind of funny. They like all kind of looked over at him a little bit, but they kept singing and 
Yeah. That's I good. wonder, I, do you think that was just Matt LeBlanc or do you think that was written in the script? I think that's probably written. Cause I think that if it wasn't, they would have all died, died, absolutely died. Imagine holding character for that. <laughs> Not the first time I would have lost it. <laughs> Um, it'd be, I feel like that's not as funny, but like when Ross plays the bagpipes. Oh my God. That is probably one of my favorite. I mean, that probably is the, my favorite blooper ever. With Phoebe and It's the same thing, but like with Joey, like was Joey supposed to sing that high? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he was on pitch. He was good. He was great. Yeah. Okay. So Joey, let's talk about Joey. Yes. <laughs> this story is whack. This is my favorite and I love it so much. You do? Yes. I love this storyline. Oh my it's God. I was so like, this funny. is just like so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joey gets his first role as Dr. Drake Ramore. Oh, he gets his first fan mail. Yes. Um, as Dr. Drake Ramore. He gets it from this woman named Erica. Which also, by the way, I love how like crime junkie minded Monica is right away. She's like, this doesn't have a postage stamp. This has your address. She was in our building. And I'm just like, yeah, Monica. You I know. Go. Like she's a stalker. Mm-hmm. Full creepy. Or So Erica played by Brooke Shields, mm. the beautiful Brooke Shields. God, she's gorgeous. That night, Erica comes to the apartment after the joy got, has the letter. She comes to see Joey. First, he and Chandler. Chandler's there. They're scared yeah but then they open the door and they see a beautiful woman and then he squirts the the soap, soap. chandler and the soap oh my god side note chandler didn't have a lot of like chandler didn't have a storyline in here but his one-liners were on fire this episode totally on fire and especially mm-hmm. that whole like squeezing of the bottle that was that an has, improv yeah mm-hmm. i mean so good yes so joey goes to lunch with her and she actually thinks that he is dr drake Ramore. i die she is a total weirdo absolutely her her laugh when she like throws her head back oh the soap opera laugh oh my god i watching it today i don't know if it was the mood i was in but i was just i was laughing literally out loud at brick shields play she's great on this it was, she was so good so the next day at the guy's apartment, Erica shows up again but this time she's accusing him of cheating on her with another doctor because m- remember the woman actually thinks that he is Dr. Drake Ramore in a hospital in Salem. <laughs> Where does she think Salem is? That's a very good question. Like, does she not realize? So here was my thing is like, does she not realize you're in New York? Where is Salem to you? Maybe isn't there a Salem, Massachusetts? Maybe there she is. thinks that it's that one. But it's not that close to New York. I know. <laughs> but she i don't know but well, she, when she it. gets there she's like how did you get here so fast which i'm like why did you go to the apartment if it, whatever she throws a glass of water on him he tries to explain that he's just an actor and it's just a tv show and she does not get it what are you saying drake i know she's just like completely over the head so then the friends step in and you know ross is like he's hans ramore drake's evil twin like Bring in the soap opera to the friends. <laughs> it's Hans Ramore, Drake's evil twin. And then they each chime in, throw water on him and air their Ramore grievances. Oh my God. The water throwing was pretty funny. So funny. And what what's Chandler's line? And you didn't put the seat down, you, you bastard. bastard. And he, he chucks good water at they, him pretty good. They all do. There's, Monica's water was in a mug. I'm like, who drinks water out of a mug? I know. Do you I ever know. find that like, I've noticed... 
here and there, some people will drink water out of a mug. And I'm like, that is the weirdest choice. I know. I don't know why that's weird to me. Like, why is it that? It is weird. I I don't. Hot liquids only. Yeah. Or like, even if someone has like an iced coffee, I'm still not okay with them drinking it out of a mug. No. Why? No. Why is that so polarizing? I don't know. But it's so weird to me. It is weird. I don't like it. So, but that satin skirt. So this is like the episode of satin coming in, I feel like, because you see yeah. three different outfits and I don't like that silver skirt of Rachel's. I don't. I don't think I noticed it, but um, Erica has really good fashions. She does. Erica, when I think she first meets him, she's got, let me look here. She's got the purple satin top. Mm-hmm. She has that beautiful red velvet dress with the little like fabric wrap scarf. And then the black, I think it's like a dress skirt combination with the, like the Dalmatian collar and cuffs. It, it's almost very soap opera-y the way that she's dressing, which yes. I think they're trying to get at. It's yeah. very luxurious, very demure, like. It's very dynasty, very yes. Dallas vibes. Like I like, but not mm-hmm. being cheesy. It's, it's, no. it's not cheesy. So yeah, I like, no. I like that too. That's funny. They're like, if we had to dress a character on days of our lives, this is what she would look like. <laughs> yeah. But Joey, Joey tells her, go to Salem and find the real Dr. Drake Ramore. And she goes, who knows where, but she went. Does she know where Salem is? No, she doesn't. <laughs> so Phoebe starts dating Phoebe. Phoebe meets a cute guy at the coffee house. His name is Rob Donan, I think. Donan. Yeah. I like that whole like, okay, everybody. Yeah. Now, like pretend I just said something funny and laugh. Like, and then she gets up and like, doesn't look at like. Totally, totally a move I've done before. Like, oh yeah, draw attention, then don't make eye contact and pretend like you don't notice them. Yeah, you don't, you don't exist. No, no, no. And you look like you're having fun and you're smiling at your friends. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. So he tells Phoebe that he really likes her music and he asks her to go play songs for kids at the school, right? The school yes. library. Yes. So Phoebe goes, plays the songs, but they're too true slash inappropriate. Right. Parents get upset. Just a little bit. Yeah, because, I mean, we talked about this, I think, I don't know, a few episodes ago, but, like, lying to your kids about Santa Claus, lying to your kids about the Easter Bunny. Like, it's just a thing. Parents lie to their kids. So Phoebe's telling the truth in these songs. Yeah, but she's telling the truth about, like, grandparents dying. What else is she telling the truth about? What yeah, farm animals. Mm-hmm. Well, because Rob tells her, the parents get upset, and Rob's like, sing more songs about, like, barnyard animals. So then the next day she comes back and sings about barnyard animals and how we eat them. She's not wrong. No, she's not wrong in any of the songs. No. So again, but, um, she, after she comes back the second time, it's not the angle they were hoping for. And Rob says that she's been fired by the school board, (laughs) but I like that he didn't bail on her. Yeah. I think he's, I think, I don't know if he does. I don't know. I don't know. So Phoebe doesn't take it well, but then the next day she's about to sing at the coffee house and all the kids rush in from school because to hear her sing because she tells the truth. So cute. Yeah. Adorable. I mean, give more, give kids more credit. Right. I do think that's like something like with like our daughter, like I don't want to like, I don't want to talk to my kid like she's stupid. You know what I mean? No. That's one thing. So I learned it's from so my rude. Oh, it's totally. I one thing that I've done with my daughter since she was born is 
talk to her like she knows what I'm talking about. Right. Um, like, obviously, I'm not going to expect her to understand everything, but like. So gravity. No, just kidding. So let's talk about philosophy. Um, but that's one thing that I watched. My sister is a teacher, an elementary school teacher, and she talks to her kids like that, too. Mm-hmm. And it's just really important for kids to know, like, you are talking to them not as a peer, but just like you're not dumbing things down for them. Right. I think that's just like not the move. No, it's not. I also cannot stand people with the baby talk. Oh, no. Drives me nuts. Like, no. Say the word. Say what it is. Like, like every now and then there's some stuff that's cute. But like, no, I'm not going to have a full conversation in toddler speak. No. No. Do you remember that Sex in the City episode where Miranda dates a guy who likes... Oh, be- gross. <laughs> I bed. hate that guy. I hate that episode. It's so gross. It creeps it's me just, out. It's just bad, it you is. know? And like, there's the voice that we talk to our dog in. Like, there's the dog pet voice. But like, do you really have to talk all the time? Like, the baby voice kills me. Oh, I, I can't. No. I can't. Mm-mm. No. We will not. You will not. I promise. <laughs> If you catch me, slap me immediately. I shall. And then I'll release a bird in your house and terrorize you. Well, I'm going to shoot it. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't have a gun, but you know, I'll, find I'll one. fucking find one. I feel, I think my neighbor probably has some. Okay, great. He seems like a guy that's packing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. And we are back. We got some fun background. Mm-hmm. Um, so the little boy who runs into the coffee shop and is like, "Is the lady that tells the truth here?" <laughs> that is Taj Maori. Mm-hmm. And so, if you guys ever watched, I think it's Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. It's smart guy is what he was on, but he is the younger brother of Tia and Tamara Maori, who were sister sister. Did you ever watch Sister Sister? Oh, religiously, I loved that show so much. Loved Sister Sister. I I love the Maori sisters. I, I really so liked Smart Guy too. Smart Guy was cute too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I love, he's just, mm-hmm. he's so cute. Mm-hmm. He's such a cute little child actor. So Brooke Shields, we talked about, she mm-hmm. is crazy Erica. Um, so she actually won the lead for her own sitcom from this acting job. Um, so she stars in suddenly Susan and yeah. because of her performance here, she got the job. Like that's pretty cool. That's really cool. Yes, I love that. She's amazing. Um, we already talked about her wardrobe, but I, I this is like part of my problem with the stalker Erica storyline is like she sent the letter to Joey's apartment, so she would have to know that his name is is jo- like Joey Tribbiani and not Doctor Drake Ramore. Oh, there's that. That is a big hole. It's a big. That's a the really whole story, big. The hole. whole storyline is a big hole for me. I mean, come on. And how would she get his address? Like, let's say, okay, she calls the show. Usually they're like, sent to the studio. Yeah. How, mm, unless she followed him. That's what I'm going to go with. She followed him from, but then she would have to know that it's not a real, it's a show because she's following from a recording studio. Okay. There's too many holes in this. Don't plot. try to solve it. It's in, it's, it's unpluggable. Yeah. This, this is, hole is unpluggable. Swiss cheese done mm-hmm. okay all right yeah I'm on board with that um so after rachel and monica throw water at joey saying he's drake's evil twin chandler throws water at him saying he forgot to close the toilet and that was an ad lib i love it that's so good matthew perry's just great 
I mean, he had nothing to say this episode, but he had all the best one-liners and all of his ad-libs were great. Totally. You can actually see uh, Jennifer Aniston when um, they, I can't remember what the line is, but it's something that Brooke Shields says. And then you see Jennifer Aniston like putting her hand to her mouth and she's trying not to laugh. She laughs. Is this true? Oh, that's this what is it true, is. Drake? Um, do the people at the hospital yeah. know about this? <laughs> that that's the line that got me, and I yeah. literally laughed out loud. I was but just she like, kept oh. it. She hit it well. She did. She did a good job. Yeah, I think she got really good at it over the years too. I think they all probably did. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I had no idea that Phoebe's boyfriend was a famous singer. Had no clue. Chris Isaac. I still don't know who he is. I mean, no, I still don't know who he is. I didn't know he sings that song Wicked Game. Yeah, no. Which is played a lot right. in this season. Definitely played a lot. It's just funny that they try to, like, he's trying to sing his own song and she's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Please stop. Like, I think she was also going to crack at that point because mm-hmm. I think what she's about to tell this guy is so ridiculous because he's such a famous singer and he's singing the song. But, like, I thought she was going to crack. Might want to pick a more masculine note. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that actually where she's like holding back a laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see it. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Um, so our director, Michael Lembeck, actually won an Emmy for his work on this episode. Isn't that cool? That is cool. I like it. I'm a little shocked, but okay. I, I, I'm scared to ask about your sandwich rating now. <laughs> Should we just do the sandwich rating? Yeah. Is that a, I gave this one a two. Oh! <gasps> what yeah oh my god okay i think the only thing that helps me bring it up to a two are chandler's one-liners and brooke shields wow you like, hate it brooke that shields, much? Her, brooke shields herself <gasps> the only two things that are great about this story wow yeah we're gonna differ because I, I give this a four no because i love the brooke shields lines so I much just, it's i just can't comprehend that someone is really thinking like it's just they pushed me too far (laughs) you know what i mean it's so ridiculous that it's so too much oh it's so funny i just do the people at the hospital know about this drake like that i I just and and her acting is good and she herself is beautiful love her wardrobe like brooks one point for matthew perry one point for brooks shields and that's all oh sad day okay Agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I I always forget, like, this just isn't a, su- a standout episode for me. I'm quite shocked that he won an Emmy for this. It's like part one, nothing really happens. Like, really? I mean, it is a bit of a setup to part two because we know, you and I know what comes in part yeah. two. But I think part two is way better than part one. Oh, I, well, mm. I could be thinking about it wrong, so I guess we'll find out next week. We're going to find out. I still stand by my four on this one just because. Why four? I, that whole Days of Our Lives storyline just mm-hmm. cracks me up. I love the witty writing. I think it's hilarious how the friends get in on Do it. people at the hospital know? No. Yes. It's just like she does such a great job of yeah. making it so funny and light, but also like believable that she believes herself mm-hmm. i just i think it's so funny yeah so and i like that the friends get in on it to razz joey a little bit too it's like yeah. you know good times i agree i maybe i'm being too harsh on it because like i was thinking about my writing last episode and i was like you know that could be a four 
I know. I was re-listening. I was like, I'm surprised you didn't change it to a four. I think I might change it to a four when we do our re-rank. Okay. Um, But yeah, this episode, like Ross's storyline, I think I just don't give a shit about the monkey. Yeah, that that I will. But I, I don't care for the monkey. But the lines of him going to like the nocturnal exhibit, it's like, do you believe that everything that the zoos told you? And he's like, well, this is the only thing a zoo has ever told me. Like, I just, I, I just did not like, I, I was like, this is stupid. Phoebe's stuff is kind of okay. The soap opera stuff like has really bright spots. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Res- respect it. Respect it. Well, who's your best friend? This one, I don't know why the best friend was so hard for me. It was a tough one. Um, because I don't feel like anybody stood out. Exactly. <laughs> like nobody stood out as like taking, I don't know, like putting on their Superman cape and, and saving the day. Like nobody really like came in like that. The only thing I can think is like Phoebe stay true to herself. And just like who she is. Like, so yeah. I think that's the only person I can go with is Phoebe. I think that's a good nomination. Mm-hmm. Or Erica. <laughs> but I'm not going to give Erica my mug. <laughs> my mug goes to Chandler. Oh, the one-liners. The one-liners. And I just think he's hilarious with yeah. like the soap. You know? <laughs> I really enjoyed his quips this episode. Yeah. Like they were funny. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, totally. Um, And then who's taking your wind? Erica. You cannot put that on Brooke Shields. She's brilliant. I'm not putting it on Brooke Shields. I'm putting it on Erica. But Brooke Shields is Erica. Erica is Brooke Shields. Nuh-uh. Oh. I, I can't believe you did that to poor Brooke Shields. I did, I'm did. i doing it to Erica. <laughs> um, the woman is deranged. But in like the best way. It's hilarious. So you're going to hate this bendy rule. I am going to pick the parents of the children from the library for not telling their kids the truth. Oh, uh, okay. Bullshit people. Tell them where the meat comes from. <laughs> sure. A little, little dramatic, but that is also the vegetarian talking. So. All right. Parents of the kids of the library. No parent points for you. No. Okay. We were very contrasting this episode. Yeah. We thought the episode, our experiences of the interview at the beginning of the hour were very different. I'm really shocked by your experience with the interview. I really am because I usually am the cynical one and you're just, you always come in. You're not cynical. What are you talking about? Well, I I feel like I can be a lot more judgmental and you always come in with like the wisdom and I'm like, I don't think that you're judgmental at all. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. Okay. If I was to think about a judgmental, cynical person, I would never think about you. All right. I'll take that. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm saying that in a good way. Like, yes, yes. No, I, I I, get it. But I feel like I always come out like thinking like more analytically about stuff. And you're just, you come out more hopeful usually, especially when it comes to like reality TV stuff. Like, mm, like you, how I don't think Christine is the, de- oh, the devil. Okay. Can I tell you something? Sure. sure. After listening to this now, I had some, not remorse, but I had some empathy for Christine. A tiny bit. It's a tiny bit. It's hard because as lovers of reality TV, I think, mm-hmm. you know, you want to see, believe everything that you see. And, but you can't, you can't. And I think that as, I mean, especially cause we grew up with so much reality TV, especially when it got big. I think that now we're learning just so much more about what reality TV 
is. Well, and I think it's really evolved, right? With social media, people under like, look at the fucking bachelor franchise, like people understanding that they can make a career out of going on the bachelor and maybe being there for like five episodes. No, not so much. No, I think because the the episode, this audience is kind of fading, but Mm -hmm. just the element of social media, the, the, changing dynamics and i do think that whoever's in is in charge of the show also depends but like you look at laguna beach selling sunset those shows like that are those are the same almost scripted that's the, the same guy same guy yeah and i i totally agree with you that compared to like your love island versus like your real housewives mm-hmm. your vanderpump rules it's very different mm-hmm. and there is what was the um there was one show that they were kind of breaking that fourth wall where they did it a lot on housewives. I think that's what it was. Beverly Hills. They there's something else I was watching too, where it was just like a lot more about understanding this is reality. We're also going to show you a lot of like what it's like to film reality within it. Mm -hmm. It's like very inception. And I think it's hard because like I think a lot of reality audiences are very toxic. Like I think the Bravo Mm. fandom is very toxic. Bachelor Nation is incredibly toxic. And a lot of times, you know, especially like you'll see people on Love Island like we are just people like we get death threats and people like horrible social media comments and they are just people. Yeah. Like the, the way that the audiences feel that they have a right to these people's lives and to tell them how horrible they are or whatever. Like at the end of the day, it is just reality television and there is always going to be an element of like, you only see a certain sliver. You Right. Whether it's scripted, like selling sunset or, you know, you just don't maybe not get you. It's edited like housewives. We know there is an edit. Like the big thing with Vanderbump rules, there's this thing that, People are kind of breaking the fourth wall, talking about the hero edit. Yep. I think Chriselle probably gets a big hero edit, right? So I agree. We see what they want us to see. Yeah. And you really have to like look around the corner and think about so many different things, which like I don't think you had to at the beginning of reality TV. It was like Mm-mm. road rules, real world, oh god, early bachelor days. Like it was just people doing things on TV. Like mm-hmm. remember, like it, it, yeah. So. I think there's so many different dynamics of reality TV now, which I think is why Bethany's like, you got to pay these people because the the world is different. Yeah. And she's right. She is. They should be. Yeah. It's literally their job. Mm -hmm. And I just, it is sad how some people really think that they like, they form these opinions on these people and you don't know them. No. As bad as we think Rachel is and Tom Sandoval, we don't fucking know them. No. I think, Yeah. I think that that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. You just can never know a person until you walk a mile in their shoes or unless you really are ingrained in their lives. And even then, you can't always know exactly what's going on with somebody and you should always reserve judgment because thou shalt not judge. Oh. Mm. My Catholic <laughs> roots came back. Jesus. <laughs> They're deep, man. Don't yeah, like Yeah, it'll take forever to get rid of those. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. But. Oh, my mom the other day was like, she brought clothes over for like my old baby clothes. It was super <gasps> cute. And then there was like a little baptism thing. And she's like, oh, God, God, we got just, we can only hope that this baby is baptized. And I was oh. just like, we're not getting into that right now, but I don't know when the day is going to come that she's going to learn this baby's not going to be baptized, but we're going to avoid that conversation for as long as we possibly I, can. I know. Seriously. I'm like wondering when, like, I wonder when the, like when she's going to realize that that's not happening. <laughs> I don't know. Just hope that you're not there. <laughs> nope. 
All right. Well, that was the one after the Super Bowl part one. Next week, we cover the one after the Super Bowl part two. Woo. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. Um, this was the Pivot Podcast. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow along at the Pivot Pod. Email us at don'ttakemywind at gmail.com with questions, comments, and thoughts. We just want to know what you guys think. Yeah, always. Natalie and I are just talking about what we care about. So tell us what you care about. Heck yeah, man. Okay. Bye. Bye.